I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week's episode of the Bass Guitar Nerds podcast is sponsored by Ashdown Engineering a British bass amplification powerhouse whose gear is seen on the biggest stages in the world backing up the biggest bands in the world. But now Ashdown have expanded their expertise into bass guitars. Having teamed up with master luthier Dan Lackin previously of Lackland Basses, Ashdown are now offering five different models of US-designed basses, from classically inspired shapes to completely new designs using vintage sensibilities with all the modern applications a bassist needs. Available in an ever-expanding range of finishes and all for under a thousand pounds. These instruments are extremely exciting. Check them out at ashdownmusic.com or follow links in the description of this podcast. And welcome to the Bass Guitar Nerds podcast, a podcast by guitar nerds. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello. And JD Short. Hiya. Yes, indeed. We're back for another bi-weekly episode. Last week, we uh, we tried to answer questions from the Guitar Nerds Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. But I think we were relatively unsuccessful. In fact, did we answer one? Or none? I'm, sh- I'm sure we did at least one. Yeah, I think it was it, it was only one. So we, we are going to endeavour, because there are some great questions, we're going to endeavour to actually get through these with with uh, with some pace today and answer all your burning questions because we had some great ones and it's nice to see a lot of the guitar players on the uh, on the Guitar Nerds Facebook group getting involved in this podcast as well so we'll try and help them out as well first of all um, you know let's uh, let's talk about some stuff that we've been up to this week Naomi you've uh, you've been messing around with a new fuzz. I have indeed. Uh, yeah, so I got to try the Walrus Audio Contraband um, in my spare time the last week or so, and I'm a huge fan. Um, hadn't heard it before. Um, hadn't hadn't tried one before picking this one up. Um, it's as simple as they come. We've got one knob and we've got one switch and our button and that's it. Um, yeah, lit- literally an output switch, you know, so it's a super, super metallic um Maybe JD, you can tell me which diode that refers to when it's yeah. very metallic, very harsh sounding. Um, I want to say silicon, but I could be wrong. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was leaning towards silicon as well. Anyway, um, I may so or may. Just, the one controls just volume then? Literally just volume. Yeah, just output is how it's labelled. Right. Um, yeah, so that's it. So it's, it's. I mean, definitely... definitely. Predetermined amount of fuzz. Exactly, yeah. So, I I mean, I've, I have a habit. I wouldn't say it's a good habit of going in super high with gain anytime I try any new pedal, um, only because I'm such a fan of driving gain and fuzz and all sorts of, of dirt in my tone. Uh, so this was perfect for me, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah, didn't like didn't have to tweak anything because I can't. Um, so really the only tonal option you have then beyond your bass, beyond anything you have ahead of it in the chain is your thick and thin switch. Um, so the thin will cut some of your low end and boost your high end and the thick will cut some of your high end and boost the um, low mids and bass frequencies. Uh, one thing I was super stoked about with it was its retention of frequencies for bass. Um, I think right. a lot of us, a lot Always of us, the problem with fuzzes. Exactly, yeah, and I think, uh, I think most bassists who, um, who are fuzz fans in any sense, will have tried or or bought or come by pedals where, you know, you hear it on guitar and you get so excited for how it's going to sound um, with your bass going through it, and then your heart gets broken by that, by that loss of low end. So pretty impressed with the contraband for um, for low end retention for sure. Yes, it's uh, yeah. I, I love a dead simple fuzz. It reminds it, like things like uh, um, who makes it? is it death death by audio? Their doom fuzz. Oh, I, that might not be that might not be the right company. I'll have to Google. Uh, <laughs> you were doing a great job stalling whilst Googling. Yes, I am doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I don't think it was. They did a. They it did wasn't a Mr. Fuzz. Black, was it? It was Mr. Black. That was yeah. it. Mr. Black to the the Doom Fuzz, yeah, with the the most oversized single control. Um, yeah, Doom Stick. Doom Stick. Yeah, that was yes. it. Yeah. Yeah, that was very good. I'm I'm a sucker for a, a minimally controlled fuzz jd last week we obviously we spoke about the um is it clog yeah i think it's clog yeah clog audio who did who did their um prickle prickle fuzz yeah yeah that's right and it had what were the two settings it was like prickle and prickle and fuzz oh right (laughs) yeah so it's it's basically with with fuzz it's it's basically that same sort of thing where there's no no controls on top so you switch on the fuzz and then the prickle is is a higher gain setting on top of it that that for me just really it it almost acts like a like a treble boost kind of thing so it really like gets sort of shreddy and glitchy in the way that you know it sounds like you know when you start feeding multiple fuzzes or distortions into each other those that sort of like clashing of waveforms that happens it's yeah it's it's really nice to like kick on something extra gnarly you know as a opposed to having but it was yeah i really like that one it's such a a big warm raucous like fuzz like yeah yeah nice. absolutely yeah d- love a love minimal controls on pedals is very cool it, like a different type of effect but anna sounds did uh um a compressor called the lazy comp and it it just has one control which i think is just the blend um, so everything is predetermined. The you know the 
the ratio, the threshold are all predetermined and then you're just blending your dry signal with what they think is an optimum amount of compression. You can actually oh, open wow. up the back and do it with a with tiny little mm. um little uh, rotaries in the in the back of the pedal. But I thought that was a great idea for just keeping things simple and sensible. And I think compression above all other effects is kind of almost the hardest to understand. You know, it's mm. easy to yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know what a drive pedal is going to do, you know, you, you when it says drive and when it says tone, like you know what that those controls are easy to work out. But you know, when you you've got a compressor, not, not everyone understands what threshold is or what ratio is, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh, it's it's nice to have that simplified. Yeah, for sure. I mean, compression is definitely more uh, that bit more of a fine art, isn't it? Than the mm. um, than the simplicity of a lot of the the more fun effects that we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, at the opposite end of the spectrum, a control yeah. that has a pedal that has a lot of controls on it for the type of effect it is. Uh, JD, you've been messing around with something from Solid Gold. Yeah, it's the uh, yep Solid Gold effects. It's their Apollo Two Phaser. Uh, it's been really into it. So it has uh, wait for it. Uh, it's got a speed speed control. Uh, it has different waveform controls. It's got what they call regen, which is just the the feedback um, sort of there. It's got well two toggle switches. We'll talk about in a second, and it's got the depth. So your normal normally you get like speed, depth, and then your regen or feedback kind of controls. That's normal phaser territory. The waveform control is really cool because you can sort of um, sort of you know change from just a typical sine wave to um, you know, sawtooth or ramps or any of those. The mode, the mode, and like, um, there's a one, two, four toggle switch, which I'm guessing was what it's called. Um, basically, like that, the mode, the mode's really cool because it accentuates different parts of the pattern right. from the waveform. So you can get these weird subdivisions going. So you can almost get like dotted eighths or anything like working. It's sort of similar to you get with like the, you know, the RE20 from boss like the space mm-hmm. echo you know where you start getting like that that kind of feel for the delay you, you can get that with a phaser which is not necessarily something you're kind of like necessarily used to and i it took me a bit to really get my head around it because there's there's some stuff like one of the things i don't like about phasers is when you can hear certainly in modern phasers where you can hear like uh more of a square wave you can hear like a bit of like a click when it when the signal will clip a bit right um and but with this like really being able to like dial the depth back you could get like on the bass it would just be like these subtle pulses and sort of really spacey phases but also really really can really controlled in a way um the other thing about this is it has an expression pedal uh which is great because uh, oh, it's just an expression out so. yeah well, yeah. Well, in so it has. In, sorry, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So you can. It's mostly. So I think there's. Uh, it's not numbered. I think there's ten to twelve um, different wave settings on here. And so for the first like ten or so, it, this it's the expression takes over the speed. So you can you can do sweeps with the speed on that, which nice. is really oh, ex- nice. exciting. The <laughs> then like in the final position for the wave uh, that. That expression just controls um, 
where the it's it's like a manual position for the where the phaser like frequency sits so like you can it's sort of it's almost like using it like a wah pedal so you can sort of just like sort of sweep like where the the peak of the phase gets going so you can you know imagine that with loads of reverb or loads of delay or loads of other things you're working with you can just you know sort of like blend through it and it's um yeah it's it's really great like i just gotten back into phasers recently like in this last year because i there's something i always like always have chorus pedal and then it's like oh maybe i want something different i'll go with like a phaser or flanger and it's like i always go back to chorus because that's what i like but it's um i've been using phasers a lot in the last year or so and mostly because i picked up one of the the mutron like the phaser they came out with the new ones um they're the in essence rebuilds of the old 70s ones and um and i've been really liking that but there's something about like this apollo is it's a phaser but it's completely different you know like it's it's and the other thing is it it's just really really elegant sounding um in the best way possible like it just sounds nice you know which is really what i like with a lot of because i either want like that kind of dirty analog vibe of like a 70s you know like not quite sure what it's actually going to do phaser yeah or or i want like an amazing amount of control of being able to shape everything exactly how i want but like the expression pedal the expression pedal and like the toggle switches to like accentuate different patterns like in the wave is just is like really especially worth checking out they are really good solid gold i i think they consistently make really interesting pedals that seem to be very thought through and very much like they're not just adding a type of effect to their products line they're trying to do something different with it um which is which is very cool what what um is the is the mutron your favorite phaser do you reckon what you know is that your standard go-to it would be yeah it would be the one i would it's be the one i'd recommend um probably and to be fair i haven't played loads but like you know there's like phase 90 and like some of the classic like mxr ones and um you know and also like boss phasers and stuff but it's yeah it's i mean it's probably what i'd go for but like mostly almost everything that mutron does they make my go-to version of that thing right um so so yeah so i wanted to be like probably yeah but it's you know like, like there's there's a lot i just haven't i i wasn't really exploring phasers that much um just because there's there's something about them that like i just always prefer the the sort of sound of a wall or like i think it's the thing is like phasers for bass for sure like phasers can get real muddy in the low end real quick or you you sort of i still want a lot of the like the the fundamental note yeah. that I'm playing, yeah. you know, and, and like with phasers, like that gets kind of out and especially with like the bass courses or courses that'll, that'll have the, you know, sort of built in crossovers. Like those are great. Cause I like to, you know, put it. So it's like basically like open a and above has like a course signal applied to it and you know, or just, you know, like some sort of thing, but yeah, I really, yeah. Like that- ph- phaser and distortion has also been a huge fave. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can. I find it. I find coupling distortions with modulation 
always sounds cheesy to me mm. uh, so i always tend to avoid it and and mod- as much as i love modulation i do find that they tend to be what i use modulation for is like this is almost the middle eight pedal this yeah, is yeah. going to be the yeah. slower mm-hmm. bit where everything gets a uh, you know a little soupier and and i i want something a bit more than the clean tone and the the problem is you don't really need more than one of those and i use a lot of vibrato so it almost mm-hmm. i used to have i used to use a phase 90 all the time and i absolutely loved it and i used to just leave it on i think you know again as unsurprisingly i was watching a rig rundown with omar rodriguez lopez from the mars volta and he said that he never turns his phaser off and so i was like right i'm never going to turn my phaser off but uh <laughs> That that was a, a brief period of time where I just had a phase ninety on as my standard sound, but yeah, I kind of uh, uh, agree. I think um, phases are. I love a slow phase, but they can be tricky. And I think something like a chorus, of course, you know, vibrato is doing a really similar thing to a to a chorus anyway. Tends to be a bit more, um, a bit more multi applicable you know than than a than a phaser what what about you naomi do you do you especially use phases do i phase um not not especially it's not something i would um it's not some it it wouldn't be a go-to for me let's say um and also the point i um the point i thought of as you were saying kind of you know about it being like a, a middle eight sort of combination to use um, distortion and modulation. I find it like it's it's a habit for me to kind of knock in a distortion or a fuzz or a driver of fuzz and a modulation. So whether that's a flange or a phase or a delay, but I, I find it can be a really good way to just eat up the frequency content. Mm. So when I'm writing... Um, it can be very easy to get into a habit of because I'm a bassist writing. I can then end up accidentally eating into you know places where there should be a synth living frequency wise or a guitar or a vocal. So um, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like currently I'm trying to stick to um, just sort of dynamic effects. Um, but I do love the sound of phase. Um, one of my most used and technically worst pedals that i own is a line six liqua flange i don't know if you remember those <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> of the what were they called tone core you know oh, the pedals yeah. i'm talking about same family oh, as the verbzilla yeah. yeah so they're um they were incredibly robust chassis on these they were like tanks it's one of the heaviest musical equipment items that I own. <laughs> and it's a pedal. I mean, yeah, anyway, it's it's saying a lot. So, um, yeah, obviously related to phase, I'd, I'd say it would kind of be um, my go-to, uh, like, artistic, more artistic tremolo uh, alternative, let's say. Wow. It's, it's, you get loads of options, don't you? I'm just looking at what the... All right, so you've got a saw up, saw down, envelope down, envelope up, sidestep, random, and then it has a vintage mode. I wonder what that is. It and was just chorus. like a yeah, it was just like a softer, less kind of digital sounding. Um, in fact, it was it was way more phaser sounding the vintage right. setting. I yeah, see. yeah, I see. Oh, and a little toggle switch for digital, analog, or liquid. I can confirm all of those sounded horrible. 
in fact i i should yeah i don't know i might i might record like a demo or something of it soon just as as an example of the the gross sounds i was able to make with it looks <laughs> like you can pick them up for about 20 pounds yeah you can uh hell of a lot cheaper than a verbzilla <laughs> yeah yeah wow that is uh that is an interesting pedal now we did say we said uh that this week we're gonna try and get through some questions that have been provided yes uh, from the facebook group so we're gonna we're gonna dig into those but we uh we need to we need to come up with a way essentially to make sure that we don't do the thing that you know guitar nerds is want to do and i, I think we did uh last week as well which is uh, to sort of end up going down a rabbit hole and only answering one question and it's sort of just you know going off onto other things so we are we need to we're going to introduce a way of doing that um which ooh ooh, ooh. so yeah. jd's got an effects pedal yeah well so let's let's set a timer and yeah. then okay also, because I don't know if we have to license music uh, for <laughs> Apple ringtones, uh, let's uh, let's not use that. Let's use our that's a pedal. So I will be using a Redbeard Effects Honey Badger Octave Fuzz uh, <laughs> for my start stop. Excellent, excellent. Nice. It, it, and uh, I, I will assist with the uh, the dry the dry bell the engine, which is their foundation. Uh, preamp it's a guitar pedal rather than the bass pedal but it happens to be the one sitting next to me well actually the only one sitting next to me that's currently released because you know it's uh it's nearly nearly gear of the year time dear listener and so i have lots of yet to be released goodies uh sitting next to me that we can't talk about oh yet. like that new boss Wazacraft. <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually you know i don't even have that they're, they're obviously that boss are boss are putting something out soon they've they're teasing it at the moment and uh matt knight wouldn't even let me have one ahead of time because he doesn't trust me um, he has known you for a while to be fair yes that's that's yeah. so that's very much the case so i'll just he knows it won't be deliberate i'll just accidentally i'll forget and do something you know, yeah, you're like Tom Tom Hiddleston or the bloke who plays uh, Spider Man and all the all the Avengers films. I just I saw a clip of this. Apparently, he like just re- like all the time gives spoilers for all the films, and he's just like, <laughs> "I was reading the script and I thought it was fake, and I realized it was really in there." And they're like, "This is a live interview. You just told everyone, <laughs> you know, like so." It's like apparently that's like a thing that I just that I was today years old when I learned. Wow, there you go. Is it? Is Tom Holland, isn't it? Tom Hiddleston. I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, Tom. Tom Hiddleston is. No wait. Uh, he's Loki, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I don't know. What right. the the Spider Man one? The, this yes, uh, yes. The the other one, right? Yeah. I see. Right. Okay. So we're gonna we're just gonna okay. start at the top. We're gonna start at the top with these questions. The first, um, the first question is coming from, uh, Peter Pest. 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 How do you say that? Pesci? Pesci. Peter Pesci. Here we are. (laughs) Peter Pesci. Thank you for this question. Peter Pesci (laughs) says, hey, bass nerds, now that I'm a bass player, coming up on one week now. Congrats. uh, Awesome. He's curious, what would be the essential bass pedal that a guitar player would be unlikely Hmm. to own already? Discuss. Now, I think, JD, you you might have weighed in in the comments section of this one. Yeah, probably did. Uh... I don't remember what I said though, so we'll see if it's the same <laughs> one. Um, yeah, 
I mean, I think there's it's it's difficult to say. I think the things that kind of always sort of stand out are compressor, uh, chorus, octave, which yeah. are sort of like the ones, and that I think that, and I think that there may be different versions of those for bass than there would be for guitar that you would like likely use, uh-huh. and then. I I mean also I think a good a good some sort of dirt pedal that works well with bass depending on sort of like what you're what you're into if it's just a tiny bit of breakup like you're looking at more of a tube screamer kind of feel or something that is a big muff kind of feel mm-hmm. um, that that does seem like the the obvious one doesn't it like a dirt pedal in that I I think with a lot of compression sorry with a lot of modulation i think guitarists are going to own that potentially they'll own a compressor as well but i think compression is up there but the one thing that you know your drive pedal for guitar almost definitely won't sound good on a bass you know if it's you know it, it, it could possibly but you know it's it's unlikely to um would you not think something like the the sans amp would be there yeah i mean that's probably I mean that would be a really good, I mean that would be an excellent shout cuz it's you would get you you can use it as a dirt pedal but then it is the pedal that will is the bass tone that you've heard everywhere for decades hmm. you know kind of thing that you probably don't have. I mean the other thing is too is like this is too much um like like some sort of envelope filter or something <laughs> that you probably don't have as a guitar player you know like I don't know a lot of guitarists with you know, like that would have like a Qtron or something like that. But, you know, for bass, it, and I know this is our great debate broadly, um, you know, around <laughs> just like enveloping, but it's like to me that that sort of feels like something that feels like it's more at home on, on a bass than it does a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree. Yeah. Um, in terms of, in terms of getting the most, in terms of versatility from your instrument, I think that can really open up a bass in a way that the guitar has sort of already spoken for itself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you think then, Naomi? What would you get? Um, yeah, so the, I mean, honestly, the first that came to mind for me was uh, was an OC2 alike, um, only because it's the quint, like, you know, sort of arguably the essential bass pedal for anything octave related. Um, if you want that super clean tracking, if you want something that's tried and tested over the years, um, definitely a decent bass drive would be sort of um, tied for the first, like the first port of call I would have, and first pedal that would come to mind for a really decent bass drive would actually be the Electroharmonics Bass Soul Food. I'm not mm. sure what your guys' oh. opinions are on those, but they were like. They were a bit of a go-to um, in a store I worked in for a long time, and you know they were kind of the direction that that people would be pointed towards when when looking for their first. Because if you know it, it suits if you're on a budget, sounds great. Yeah, they were like sixty quid, weren't they? Yeah, Ex- yeah, exactly. So like it's it's a lot of bang for your buck if you don't want to straight away go down the um, necessarily the Sansamp route. That I guess is the issue. Sansamp have really held their value, and they're still like a couple of hundred quid. And I mean, they're they're worth it, hundred percent worth it. But um, yeah, I I I would forgive a um 
I would forgive someone new to the world of bass if they didn't want to if they didn't want to splash the cash straight away, especially if they already have um, versions of for guitar. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, additional to that, absolutely 100% get yourself a good compressor pedal. Um, absolute essential part of any any bassist's sonic arsenal, as it were. And again, something you can do very affordably. Yes. Um, yeah. For, uh, yeah. For compression. Any recommendations for affordable compressors? I brought this up before, but I'm a huge fan of the EBS Multicomp. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Is 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 that affordable? It <laughs> that went really high then. Is it, or am I thinking of another one? Hang on a sec. EBS Multicomp. It's not gonna break the bank. You're around the kind of one one sixty one seventy pounds mark. Hmm. Um, the uh, the MXR Dynacomp, whilst not being bass specific as such, I think is a very yep. good vintage sounding Great compressor. Show. And again, like you you can hit under under a hundred pounds for those if you get the the new one because it's now a mini, isn't mm-hmm. it? The the, uh, the Dynacomp. I don't know if they still do the standard size. I assume they do. Um, uh, oh look at that you can pick up yeah you can pick up the old one for 40 pounds you know yeah. on the oh, on the wow. pre-owned market yeah. which is which is very good i mean it's it's dead simple but mm-hmm. uh you know that's 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 great yeah i mean i i, I think that's a good shot i think yeah the more i'm thinking about it is like it feels like compressor the thing with compressors like it's we talked about before it's like it's not a very sexy effect to get like it's not one of exactly. those things that yeah. that you can that you you get and you're like oh yes you know it's but it is a thing that certainly you know if you're starting out on bass and it's and i mean the trick with bass is getting the notes even in a way that is harder to do than on guitar right so it's just because of the the physics involved of the strings and so it's it's like so the compressor, I think, will make things better and sound better, and also it it keeps your amp from working as hard. It you know like there's lots of good things for it that are again not very fun to be like ooh check out all those like you know check out all my delay tails, bro. You know like it's yeah. you know like <laughs> but it, but you get it's it's the value they bring, and it's sort of like an elegant thing to have. But yeah, like I, I mean, I think that MXR is a good shout. Really, yeah, I mean, any MXR sure. stuff like is is just like always solid, always good, always affordable. Like I feel very much the same as I do with like like electroharmonics and stuff, where it's like it, it whatever you get's not going to hurt, you know. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to go wrong with with a bass comp, really, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was I was looking at some other options. I think things like the Pigtronics Philosophers philosopher bass compressor yeah. that their micro cool. pedal that they do i think you can pick those up for around 50 to 70 quid second hand you know as well. oh wow so uh, yeah that's, that's not a bad option for something with a bit more control but yeah there are tons of compressors out there and you're kind of right whether you're going for old school or whether you're going for modern multi-band although i don't think there'll be many multi-bands available at the affordable level it's just one of those things that you can't really go wrong and it really is going to smooth and sort out you know your overall sound it might not be immediately noticeable but it's definitely worthwhile okay that's yeah, definitely gonna... enough time. <laughs> that's awesome so, so that was like eight minutes that's not that's not that's... too bad let's go no, let's go let's next go. one let's go let's Next go. one. okay here we go eric okay. vaughn eric vaughn says um 
Uh, he's asked this question before, but wondering if there's any update as to the suggestions. Desktop practice amps for bass, or at least bass suitable. Are the Katana Air or Positive Grid Spark any use on bass and could either handle a low B? Black Star Fly, what's the Guitar Nerd's approved bass-friendly desktop amp of choice? JD, I think you weighed in on this one as well. Yeah, yeah, I did. So I remember I remember when this came up, and then because also I'm in a small space and was thinking about this quite a bit. Um, and I think what they actually ended up going with is what I would also recommend too is the it was the Phil Jones micro, I think. So Phil Jones bass, uh, well known for just shockingly great engineering yeah um, like yeah, uh, like absolutely. making making cabs that are like 16 4 inch speakers yeah, yeah. 12 and, by 5 yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know it's one of those things i adore because the like it's they use very small speakers but what that gives you is a lot of surface area surface area is what gives us volume and like mm -hmm. the and so with that it's like each of the speakers is working like it's working less and is working more efficient so so it takes a lot of air to move an 18 inch you know cabinet like those old pvs and the old swrs we've spoken about recently like that takes a lot of power and they're you know like the cone has to travel further whereas like this small ones you they're really good i i've you know i mostly played their like the briefcase and some of those like i've had i've had those my, i use a phil jones big head as my headphone amp um they're excellent. I think some other things we talked about was like Eden makes a little micro tour that is that's basically a stocking stuffer kind of amp, but it's it sounds shockingly good. And it's it's what I used to use for Skype lessons all the time because it's loud enough to play it like at your desk. Like it, you, it's not giggable and it's not like something I would really like mic up and record. But if when I just wanted to have sound coming out, and not play with like mm -hmm. headphones or something like it was mm -hmm. really good. And then. And then I don't have I don't have experience with the katanas, but you know, like other people were weighing in, and kind of what I heard was that you know, like it sounds like they would be perfect, you know, perfectly suitable for that. So, um, yeah, but it's I think those are all all good shouts that were in that that thread there. Yeah, I don't I don't know if the positive grid spark. Has, I assume it has options on there. My my problem with things like that is is every time someone brings out like an amplifier that's that's loaded with amp modeling and effects and stuff like that they might throw a base thing on there but essentially yeah. you it just feels a bit like you're spending all that money for them to give you this tiny corner of the of the amps specification it's like they've thrown this in this is not actually designed for that and i kind of felt that you know a, a, a lot with the with the positive grid spark the katana air um is I, I can't remember if it has a base setting or if it's just one of those things where you would use the like the acoustic setting on there just to sort of open up the full range but again it's like this is fine this is okay but i think i agree with you jd i think there are some there are some more specific options out there um that would be good Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What do you think, Naomi? Yeah, I mean, my initial input was just going to be the Black Star Fly base. Um, again, super cheap and cheerful and is base specific. I think, um, as you mentioned, though, JD, you know, it's good to have. Um, not that it's, you know, wildly priced, but I just think the standard of everything Phil Jones has done um, is, you know, it's kind of like hi-fi equivalent, isn't it, in terms yeah. of in terms of the audio quality you're getting. So, um yeah, for sure. I would say if budget allows, 100%. Um, you know, it. you can look at the rest of the stuff the company has done and in terms of the bigger um, the bigger kind of Phil Jones products, I think they're some of the nicest cabs I've ever heard. So to get that at desktop level is pretty, pretty good going. Um, yeah. However, if you're looking for cheap and cheerful, if you're looking for something that will give you a super nice sound and you're living in a flat or an apartment or something and really want to keep it small and want to keep it handy and be able to pop it in a backpack with you then something like the the fly base is um is super for that yeah yeah absolutely if if he hadn't said desktop if we were yeah. just talking about mm. like small sort of living room amps yeah i would have suggested something like do you remember when ampeg did that like micro stack yeah yeah so i was gonna say that but for but for desktop yeah because it's it's a nice setup for sure i would say like when i when i did see this question it it did that was one of the things that came to me that made me be like oh yeah i always wanted one of those um and then i started looking at them and i was like yeah like that i mean that honestly that might not be a bad shot like if it's it, I guess it just depends too on like, is it desktop or is it just small? I mean, I know this question is specifically desktop, but if you're looking, if someone else is looking for just like a small lamp, like that's, mm-hmm. those were great because they, right, the cabs were two tins, I think. Mm-hmm. Or they're yeah. like, like yeah. two tin micro head. Mm-hmm. One looks cool. Yeah. I don't remember how loud they are. They um, did two, didn't they? They did yeah. the CL and the VR. And I remember the yeah. VR was 200 watts. Yeah. Um, which is their vintage reissue version? I don't know. I I don't know if it was the same with the CL or if the CL was, you know, well. But two hundred watts is you know not bad at all. No, not at all. Also, in for a shout if you know if if you're willing to go that little bit bigger, I suppose than desktop is. And you guys will need to tell me the name of the head that goes with this. But I think only a year or two ago, TC brought out that two by eight, two hundred watt base cab. With the matching really small head. Oh yeah, the does that ring um, any bell? Is the BC two hundred eight the cab and the head is what is the head called? The BC two fifty or B, is it, it B H two the B H or the B Q? I, I don't know. Yeah, it was it, it was B H two fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, super cheap kind of living room size. Um, and has a headphone out. I'm pretty sure. As yeah, well. yeah. Those um, those do. That's I yeah. I, and I'm I, I've used those quite a bit at like different 
shows and stuff like they're they're good solid heads they they also have the mm-hmm. built-in like they'll have like a built-in tuner and stuff and i think a built-in tone print um like a switchable mm-hmm. like one tone print so you could even get the joe brenton tone print and put it on your <laughs> put it on your you can do that yeah um so yeah so i think i mean that those are those are all good shouts as far as like small you know yeah, small small amps to have. Yeah, I think that beside the desk as opposed yeah. to on top of the desk, perhaps or under yeah. the desk. Yeah, well, under the desk. the the uh, amp, The Ampeg Micro CL is a hundred watts, so it is yeah. less than the VR. Oh, yeah. but I th- nice. I mean even that, like I think you know, for like practicing in a room, you know, or just like running, you know, like just playing and stuff like that. Like I think that would be, I think that'd be perfect and shockingly cool. Yeah, yeah. incredibly yeah. cool. In fact, there's a, the 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 VR has a limited edition red yeah, um, yeah. version at the moment that seems to be kicking around. You can get the set for six hundred and fifty pounds, and I'm pretty uh, sure it's less than that in the states, which is <laughs> why why I was like, oof, that is not <laughs> that's that is VAT and duty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I say if I was going to get one of these, kind of half the appeal is it for it to look like a yeah an, an Ampeg VR. So I'm not sure I'd even want the red one i'd just you'd, i'd want it to look like a mini version of the real thing yeah anyway anyway yeah okay right so the next question we're uh, uh we're going to uh, liam mcgovern who says multi-effects for bass what covers the most ground and uh might might be answering the question here but uh helix for bass is that the best all rounder now, Naomi, you are uniquely Ooh. positioned to answer this. Um, I am. I am in the case of one product, Joe. So I will <laughs> answer this in the case of. Um, yeah. So I had the HX Stomp very highly recommended to me, um, and I I chose to plump for it uh, recently, and yeah, I've been I've been super pleased in terms of what I was looking for, which is uh, being able to root. Um, both series and parallel, being able to root for um, for du- dual outputs, um, going to two amps, um, being able to have stereo in if I need. Um, I've been super impressed by the HX. Additional to that, obviously, is the versatility, which um, obviously is, is far more ubiquitous now than it was in years gone by, but being able to use um, a desktop editor and, and add as many patches made by made by anyone um that that i want as well and can then can then print onto the unit so yeah that's been that's been the winner for me thus far um though i'd be i'd be keen to try out what else is on the market now like boss's recent release joe help me what was the name the gt1000 core which is very much boss's version of the um Mm -hmm. of of the the helix stomp or the hx stomp um, more processing power on the boss one, so you can mm-hmm. the the whereas the HX Stomp is a less powerful version of the Helix and you know the, and the Helix LT. Um, yes, the GT one thousand core is literally everything from the GT one thousand in a in a small compact unit. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that Line Six have going for it over the GT one thousand, as always, as will always be the case with Boss. The interface is rubbish, and uh, like right. the, the desktop app, the desktop software for you to use with Boss isn't very good. The screen is very dated. Like mm-hmm. it's with all Boss stuff, it's just everything they put out. It 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 
looks like and has the the editing capabilities of something that should have come out a decade ago. Um, okay. But yeah. tonally, I having had both, well, still having a, a Helix LT and the GT1000 Core, mm-hmm. I think the GT1000 Core is a better product. Um, if you are looking for sensible tones, so I use the GT1000 Core on my desktop and I just have it plumbed in so i can just i have i've built a like a a base rig on there that has like a parallel second dirty amp that i can turn on and off and then Mm -hmm. just a simple clean sound and and that's it that's what i use it for i use it for recording when i want those simple tones if i wanted to make crazy noises take advantage of incredible reverb delay and modulation Mm-hmm. Uh, options then i think the helix is a fantastic piece of kit with just some mm-hmm. incredible sounding effects and you know and a usable interface it, it's easy to manage and the the line six community is great for being able to find different interesting tones as well yeah your setup sounds not dissimilar to mine i mean the focus for me especially in the the year of little to no gigs has been um taking advantage of the you know the amp and cab sims as mm. well um because the obviously the the world on offer there in terms of what um what people are creating as as downloadable um blocks is is just incredible yeah uh, so it's 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 more than effects in that it can be your entire rig bar bar the instrument itself um i suppose as well the the draw for me with the hx stomp um as would be with the gt1000 core is that it can fit as part of a bigger board um whereas with with the helix or with the gt1000 it sort of is your board yeah so the so the biggest question i would have is how much are you going to be asking of the piece of kit at once how many effects you need do you need to run simultaneously yeah um that that is a huge huge um clincher for me i suppose yeah absolutely i mean i do think with it is it's lovely with both the core and the hx stomp that you can you can include it with you you can work it into another board and have loads of other pedals that is very appealing the controllability falls down with both the stomp and the core in the unless unless you're using its midi functionality to route it out into a some sort of switching pedal, mm-hmm. which essentially makes it as big as its larger counterpart anyway, yeah. then all you can do is scroll th- up and down through presets, which isn't incredibly usable. Obviously, you can use it in manual mode as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you could take advantage of, I think, is it two effects on the stomp? Because don't you always have to it's... have one assigned to tap or something to like tap that. and tuner exactly. Right. I think yeah. I think it's a max of two simultaneously you can have. So it's, you know, it's this awesome machine for i suppose as what would what would i say like your your calling card or your wild card or whatever on your on your board where you need to have something far more versatile than your than your standard pedals a little bit like the m5 was from line six right versus the m9 or versus the m13 where you have this crazy huge versatility the m5 uh, you know i would always say when when someone was kind of looking at it in store like this is perfect if you need to have um a wealth of tools but only need one tool at a time <laughs> yeah. um yeah so that that would be my take on the stomp for sure i think be- you raised some good points about the bigger units as well yeah be- before i move on to jd what um Naomi, what what amps do you find you're using on the on the hx stomp what 
what's your been your go-to um orange and ampeg completely because those are well they're um i suppose they're clones which are not named orange and ampeg obviously there, what on the... was, there's an orange base amp is there yeah it's it's oh. called a man it's called a mandarin oh right oh no that's the guitar amp though isn't it the mandarin oh well i i downloaded one from the um from the editor uh, you yes. see i'll I see. i'll find out the name i'll come back with it yeah, but the, it was uh, that's cool yeah yeah the the mandarin 80 which i think is what they uploaded which is a version of their the where is the ad80 yeah um uh, which is cool i i found myself always using the i was pretty much glued to their ampeg b15 yeah, um, I as, think that's the one I've been using too. Is it, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's a little less hot than the others. I fa- I find with all the ampeg, all, all the amps on the Helix, everything's quite hot, and mm-hmm. the just finding something I could clean up that then worked as a good platform with effects. I thought the the B fifteen was was rather good. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. definitely the user interface is is um is really decent for going in and tweaking straight away. Absolutely. Um, Go on, JD. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah sorry. no. I was gonna say, like, I think, I mean, to me, like, like B15 is one of my favorite amps of all time, and yeah. like, I used to play one when I was at uni. Like, that was what we had in one of the rehearsal rooms, and I was just <laughs> like so hard. <laughs> yeah, it was like so hard to like, like leave and be like, can I just take this with me? Some no one will <laughs> notice this amp from the 60s going missing um i'm probably going to do them a favor by doing this um but yeah but i think that's the thing was like a lot of the the models i've especially a lot of the models that aren't officially licensed models you see out there are i feel like they're doing the impression of what people think a b15 sounds like so like joe what you're saying like they, they always sound hot and they're always too there's always more distortion on them than an actual b15 had you know kind of thing so yeah well, but back to the question, uh, I, for me, uh, I mean, if we're absolutely just talking about like the best multi effects, like that's small, that's out there, it's 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 the mod devices duo or the dwarf that's about to come out. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, like they yeah. they're they're incredible. Everything sounds great. The routing for like just the amount of processing power they have and what you can do is is stunning and like flawless you know like in in their execution of it it's like the duo is great like i have a dwarf uh coming i'll say um uh, and um just sort of you know being able to have those i think i think those are well worth checking out i think you know, like there's lots of videos and stuff out there because the the dwarf was one that you know, was an Indiegogo Kickstarter that isn't actually isn't actually out yet, but that one is is meant to be like a smaller one that has that has foot switches on it. So it, it's very much in that same sort of like here's a small multi effect to have it. But for me, it's it's of that Helix quality, yeah, where it can be like the brain of your board or like the main piece of it or like a main piece of it where. Like that Line Six M Five, like I know we've talked about this for years, but like that was such a core pedal to have mm-hmm. as a spare for any of your other pedals. Exactly how Exa- it was yeah. on my board, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and uh, it's similar to like the the Zoom, like those those multi stomp series where you could have, yeah, I think up to three effects or something happening on the the one single pedal. Like I really 
the the single version of i think those like the yeah, ms 60b or whatever like which i think sounded good like, again like that's it's great if you wanted to have one or two sort of things happening and i i dug that because that was like a cool like jet phaser like uh, roland jet phaser like they did a fairly decent replication of that if i needed it for one or two separate things and stuff and and also like one of my favorite pieces of kit from yesteryear is the the boss gt6b in that which was the red um sort of in that like classic boss style of like it had like five or six pedals the built-in like expression pedal like that was that was my travel board for a long time that i would take to like rehearsals and stuff when i didn't want to bring like everything else because it was like it's easy enough to chuck it you know I think it almost fit in a backpack or it would it fit mm-hmm. in one of my bags. And I was like, oh, it's like I can have this for rehearsal. It gets me close to everything I want without like doing it. But those are more sort of getting a multi effect to be to be able to like explore a bunch of other effects versus like kind of like what we're talking about with like the Helix and like the Mod Duo and, the and you know, that the boss where you're where it's like what is could be integral on. Yeah, any, it's more any level pro, of board, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, those the I've, I've got one of the the mod uh, mod devices duo. I've got one of those, and uh, it's absolutely fantastic because it's completely open source software as yeah. well. So, and again, like Helix, you can download things that people have built. Just the most creative and incredible, um, uh, you know, sort of effects paths. Um, it's just really wonderful and the software was great really easy to use like a really organic free way of creating a board where you're literally positioning stuff it's not like all on a line like it is with sort of line six or boss you can Mm -hmm. you're just trying to squeeze as much stuff onto the screen as you can yeah um it's very very cool really good shout actually because they're they're also very similarly priced um and really good products. Anyway, we should. Uh, oh, we should, uh, wait, wait. Go. Hang on. Wait. Oh, wait. No, no. My first one. I, I did octave well first. Done. Hold on. I got to go back to bypass. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, Jake Gray asks, how much difference does a high mass bridge make? Worth the upgrade oh, yes. um, for a Mexican standard Jaguar base? Um, uh, Naomi. Full transparency here. I haven't upgraded a bridge yet. Really? What? Yeah, I know. What? I know. Listen, oh. on- honesty is the best policy. Okay, I'm. I'm here. I'm embarrassed. I haven't upgraded a bridge. Well, there, I, I, said I, I have never done that either. <laughs> I, the, the reason being, I've never seen a problem with the bridges that come on base. It's never been an obvious thing to me. I know that the whole thing is mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, more contact area, sort of more tone. I was like, I. I, I don't know. John Paul Jones didn't seem to mind the, yeah. the one that he had. <laughs> I, I just, uh... Yeah, and I guess I guess I've been in in a similar position. Now I will say fundamentally, I wholly support the um, the theory behind it um, in that you want to get the best the best possible sustain from your body wood, and especially since my uh, reverend epiphany a few years ago when I got my Mercalli Five, bought a, a base with a you know. A, slightly more unusual sounding body than the Alder and Ashen basswood that all my mm. other bases are made of. Um, I really did notice the hardware in it for the first time. I and 
yeah, and that would definitely lead me to go back to all of the other bases I have and and now consider upgrading the bridge. But uh, yeah, it's not something I've done just yet. I see. JD, you sound like you're champing so at the bit. I, I, I have upgraded nearly every bridge I've ever had on any base. Um, and, and I do, like, I'm a big fan of the high-mass bridges. I, I think any Fender-style base I've had has had a a badass bridge on it at some point so the leo kwan badass two uh or three um i really i really like the i really i really like the heft and the feel of it and i also think like i like for me it's just it's that's the more comfortable bridge to play um because i usually i do a lot of bridge level muting on my hand but it's the i think it's definitely worth the upgrade i think it I think it doesn't make as much difference as as it is probably advertised as it does. Um, it's tough to te- like. It's one of those things. Like sometimes with like even when you put new pickups in it, you know, like there's st- like the the difference between them is fifteen percent maybe. You know, like it's still going to sound mostly like the same bass. But I think there's there can be a level of sustain that you will get, and there can be a level of like just resonance that's there um i think there's a big difference between getting like the sort of like mid-market or like like when let's just say like a fender or any other company like says they they come out with a base that has they're like this is our high mass base uh-huh. i think those like i could be wrong but like my impression was because i had those and put would put on the badass that i had which was to be fair an older badass but it that was a high mass bridge and then it weighed a good pound or two more you know like it was like a solid chunk of metal what i and you mentioned this earlier too is like it's really about like the string contact that that uh is where you get a lot of the resonance and with that like what i've started what i started doing sort of before i moved away from like really metal bridges and stuff um because like my stonefield doesn't have a metal bridge or anything is is having so there's the counter argument to to uh, uh my high mass bridge but the um is the babbage like the full contact oh yeah series they're of those. really good yeah i i really like those you get a ton of residents and it definitely makes a difference like like that was a base that i definitely noticed a difference on and they also like they're not they're not four pounds worth of like extra weight on your base like it's not this big massive chunk um which to be fair depending on your base like may or may not be a good thing so if you want to counteract like neck dive make the other part of your base like heavier you know so mm-hmm. there's it's more of that like i think it's definitely worth doing but i don't know i you know like it's it's i don't know that it's one of those i've always been pleased when i've done it but i don't know that it's a thing that you know like i would you know look to you know you know there's there's so many there's so many things you can change on a base like i think pickups would be a you know like if you don't have always going to be the first yeah call call, isn't it yeah Yeah. like you know like if you can if you if the difference is do i spend you know a hundred or 150 dollars on a like us on a new bridge or do i get you know and or is it do i spend a hundred a hundred dollars on pickups or do i go to two or 250 on pickups go two or 250 on pickups but but then i think like i think it's definitely worth putting a bridge in plus like a lot of them like it is just pretty cool to be able to like do that level of work 
like on a base, right? Like that's one of the core pieces of it. So like it, it gives you like a, if you're doing the work yourself, it feels like, oh, like I'm, I'm, this is part of it. You know, like it, there's like, I like that connection of like, this is the thing that I've been dealing with and tweaking and kind of getting um, personalized to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't with with it being a Mexican standard Jaguar bass. It's kind of like I guess Jake. How important is that bass to you? If you think that that Mexican standard is something that you're going to want to continue to um, upgrade and keep as your core main bass, then then yes. Uh, you know, I think otherwise, I kind of agree with you, JD. It would it it would be not my first thing to do on you know a bass if it wasn't my absolute you know dream dream base i mean um sorry one well, that just made me think of one more thing and i know we're of course but it's but i i would say that is like that's a perfectly reasonable base to upgrade because like i also had one of the my i had one of the the fender you know like the the squire vintage modified like uh the fretless one with a ebonol like the plasticky Oh like, yeah, I, I love like that. I love that fretboard material. Yeah, it's so mm. great. It was like three hundred. Was less than three hundred uh, new for everything. Uh, by the end, uh, that bass had you know hip shot ultralights, had Nordstrand, <laughs> Nordstrand uh, noise canceling, had an an Audra active preamps in it, had a hip shot, had the yeah, had the um the badass um badass bridge on it. You know, so it's like that. You know, like each of those, each of those upgrades are roughly probably about the same cost as the base initially. So it was, it's like, you know, but it's like the neck on those squires was, was so good for what you could get for like a cheap fretless, you know, like it was. I, I still say that's the most important part of, of any, like, you know, if you have a nice neck, you can work around just about everything else. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's changeable. And I guess, I guess you, you, you experienced that, Naomi, with the, um, uh, with the Bronco. square Bronco, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That neck will be staying where it is. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is that Bronco got the original bridge on it then? That yeah, so th- that was what I was going to say. Actually, that that is definitely the next thing that I would like to change mm. on um, on the Bronco because it's just I, a two saddle. Uh, it is, bridge, yeah, it? yeah. It's 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 fine. It has. I I wouldn't say it's caused issue, but I don't doubt that I could get better. Um, uh, better performance out of the base with with a better mm. with a better bridge for sure. Uh, I, thing... I've got a lot of time for those two two saddle bridges. I actually think they're great. Like I know the whole mm. idea is that you can't you know, intonate everything right, and you know, well, yes, intonations for the week anyway. So yeah, it, uh, yeah. I it's, mean, it's a myth. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. important, but it's never correct. Like yeah. it's correct at one fret. You know, like yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a total purist. I don't even use tuner pedals, to be honest. I just, <laughs> I just listen to listen to the skies. But course. anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, the Wilkinson actually do a really good brass, um, uh, brass saddled, uh, two saddle. Uh, oh, bridge nice! Yeah, I like Wilkinson a lot too. Yeah, mm. really good, aren't they? Like for a really affordable hardware company. Everything they do is fantastic. It took me a while to sort of realise that they were really good because I think they're the sort of brands that appear on a lot of cheaper modelled guitars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or sort of when when a when a cheap range of guitars are trying to do something a bit nicer, it will be Wilkinson Hardware. Um, but yeah, so I, and I almost wrote them off because of that. But they are actually 
Oh, they're solid. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are incredibly good. Now, oh, we are we're pretty much at we we are well, we are at time. We are at the end of this week's episode of the Bass Guitar Nerds podcast. We did we did well. We got through a what? decent wedge of questions. Do Four can questions. can we do five minute lightning round? Let's do it. Like one quick, just off the top of the head answers. I think what? some of the other questions we had were like we're about like multi multi effects and stuff like that. So I think we're kind of we've talked through a lot of those. But let's yeah. see. Yeah, there are there are some really good questions on here that I would like to hold back. But um, uh, okay, so let's do. Uh, here we are. I'll, I'll run us through a couple of questions for us to answer very quickly. Chris Cuthbertson says, uh, as a self-confessed Wenge addict, how important is the wood used in a bass, Naomi? I would argue, incredibly important. Uh, however, I would say, you know, I, I have massive admiration and especially as as someone who, who in my time has worked selling acoustic guitars, I think it's a really lovely thing um, as your ear becomes trained to the characteristics of different woods, um, particularly in acoustic instruments, but obviously in our favourite electric bass instruments too. Um, I still remember one of my favorite basses I've ever played was the Okumi um, P and J's. Yeah, that um, Fender did a few years back. That said, the very Bronco that we're talking about is made of one of the cheapest bass woods in modern manufacturing. And I still think it's a beautiful sounding wood. So, yeah, ultimately, I would say um, I would advise not to be a snob about it not to overlook the cheaper woods but absolutely it is inherently characteristic to the instrument yes 100 percent. jd yeah. short uh i would also say it's incredibly important and uh just in mostly around like density and construction methods uh, more important for bass than for guitar uh electric wise i believe um again it won't make as much difference as in an acoustic and you are you're going to be able to find excellent sounding bases with both high end woods and low end woods. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very much the um, the case. Although, yeah, yes, it's, it's absolutely important as I think it makes tonal difference. I don't necessarily think there's, you know, I don't necessarily think there's bad wood for a bass. Like uh, it's. It's. Yes. Uh, I, I'm sure you can get bad examples of something, but I think that yes, there is definitely tonal differences. Something like something like Wenge is um, is is going to be very heavyweight. Very, it's going to be like a similar sort of tonal thing to mahogany. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, deeper, darker exactly. kind of vibes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Remember, one of the brightest bases I ever ever played was a maple body. That PV foundation that we spoke about recently. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that was super unusual. That was like a relatively non-bassy sounding wood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was Squire did a series of vintage modified um, jazz basses in Maple. Do you remember? Oh, right. They were the ones that everyone bought for years. They were like 300 quid and they were Maple with a Maple neck and black block inlays. Oh, yeah. Those were Maple bodies. Yeah, they were Maple right, bodies. Okay. And um, and they they weighed an absolute ton the five string i remember 
we we had <laughs> several at, at GAC returned of the five strings. Like if we ever sold one, it could come back. If they didn't buy it in store, it could well come back because it was unbelievably heavy and probably the honkiest sounding bass. Uh, I think I think we'd yeah. ever we'd ever seen. I don't know how quick fire this yeah, was. Yeah, that wasn't. A, <laughs> but we, we we attempted it. Um, yeah, we tried. I think I think we'll we'll per, we'll work on this and perfect our our ideas. <laughs> uh, we'll go back to rehearsal. We'll work on this in the, on the training ground. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be good. We're gonna we'll get there, dear dear listeners. We will we will get there eventually, dear listener. Now any su- any suggestions open for for timer formats? Oh, I'm yeah. thinking an incredibly slow. Uh, ascending major scale. Oh yeah, as my first suggestion. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Also, one one more thing. Uh, a question. PJ said about eight string basses. Just because I'm I'm worried, they uh, may purchase. Uh, go for the Schecter. There we go. Oh, that's I just wanted go. to chuck that's that in. Quick fire. Yeah, I just wanted to there's there's oh, a perfect yes. example, JD. He he said he's been looking at the Dean Rhapsody and there's a Schecter session. Riot. So by eight string, he's talking about like the same as a twelve string guitar. Yeah. So the double yeah. strings. I I always really liked the Hagstrom uh, eight string. Oh, that yeah. they did. Yeah, it's super. I do want to give a shout out though because Schecter has the Doug Pinnock twelve string now. Uh huh. And uh, that's pretty great because uh, one they're they're excellent and I think Schecter Schecter is one of those companies that makes really good value mm, yeah. instruments. So Yeah, they also do all the Cure signature models, so they always have a very special place in my heart for that, uh, including that awful uh, acoustic signature model. Um, have you seen that one? The, no. The, what is uh, it? The, the Cure signature model. It's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's just a Dreadnought acoustic, but it has a massive star on it. It's, it's terrible. It doesn't matter. We this is the best yeah. done as we don't need to talk about acoustics, but it was a. Uh, I mean, we're yes, making we're saying acoustics are terrible. I think that's everyone secretly wanting us to say <laughs> anyway. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's uh, that's it for this week's episode of the Bass Guitar Nerds podcast. Uh, we will be back um, the week after next. Um, uh, for another episode of the Basic Turners podcast. Sorry, I was trying to. I'm trying to stall there because I was trying to open a thing that was telling me what the uh, what the the next uh, episodes are going to be. I still obviously am stalling. Right. Uh, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we'll, we'll be we'll be back the week after next with another um, Bass Guitar Nerds podcast, and then um, I I think. I think week after next is our last regular episode, in fact, for um, for 2020. Because then, the week after that, we're going to be doing the Bass Guitar Nerds Gear of the Year podcast. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, so Ooh. we're all starting to think about what, uh, what products we're going to be putting through in the Bass Guitar, Bass Effects and Bass Amplifier categories. Of course, a slower year than any other year before so there's less products to talk about but still there have been some absolutely cracking bits and bobs um but yes we'll be back week after next with more of this bass guitar nerdery farewell (laughs) 